mobile phone companies say they offer home internet. But if their internet comes from a cell phone network, you should know. It's just phone internet, not home internet. Keep your home up to speed with Cox. Cox internet is faster and has more reliable download speeds than 5G home internet. Cox is the real home internet you're looking for. Based on Cox analysis of Ookla speed test intelligence data, Q3 2022 and Cox serviceable areas, visit cox.com slash internet for details. Hey, everybody. Welcome to the Half a Bird Sports Show. You have so many options for high-flying entertainment, and you came to ride with us. We definitely appreciate that. This is my solo weekend show, so I'm going to take the wheel myself, and we're going to chop it up about some sports. I've got a few good topics that I want to jump on. We're going to dive right in to solo weekends with Jay. We're going to talk a little bit about uh, University of Minnesota and a little bit of changes that might not be good for them. Um, some changes for us. We're going to talk a little bit about our rebrand. We're also going to go in on Dame Diller doesn't want to play in meaningless games. I'm not sure if he wants to actually play. And then we're going to wrap it all up with baseball blundering their chance. Make sure you like and subscribe our channel. The name will change when the rebrand goes through. Also, to rate and review us and give us those five stars. You don't think we deserve five stars? Give us five anyway. Gift it. Let's dive right in. All right. So, all right. Um, first and foremost, thank you all for the support that we've received from everyone that has been a loyal listener who has um, enjoyed the content that we've tried to put together as we are growing in the practice of putting together a podcast slash radio show. We appreciate you uh, riding with us. It's been a good three years and we are coming up. Well, we're coming up on three years here this summer and I've enjoyed it. I've loved every minute. It's been a blast. Um, I've learned a lot about myself. I've learned about my strengths, my weaknesses and things that I really need to tweak. And so now we're at the point where we need to really dive in hardcore on this. Now, the initial name behind it, the Half a Burst Sports Show, was more so for fun. This is a, it's a cheeky way of diving into the game, um, play on words, play on names, all that good stuff. And it was for fun. So, But I don't feel like that's the name we should t- dive into or take into the future for us really doing this on a serious tip. So I feel like it's time to, you know, really kind of rebrand and give us something that really exemplifies what we are trying to do here, which is give you all a take, not only something you should adopt immediately, but a different perspective. I want, we want you to look at it a different way. And each time we banter back and forth, our goal is to make sure that we do a better job of giving you that type of uh, environment. We want you to look at both sides as much as possible, or even a perspective that we may not even thought of with these situations. So my three topics is going to definitely really dive into that more. We're also going to focus on giving you some quality video content that mainly be me. Jimmy's not a video guy, which is cool. I'm gonna try to add some additional stuff to the channel. That way you have multiple things that you can jump on additional commentary, additional comments and all of that jazz. 
So we're going to definitely have a good time over the next, um, this few years. I'm hoping this lasts a few years. Hell, hoping we can get a job doing this and you really can, uh, enjoy and follow the journey and talk about how you were there day one. So let's dive right on to it. All right. So of course we had some tragedy that happened in Minnesota, um, with the death of George Floyd. Um, and I try not to dive too far into that kind of stuff. Cause I'm not the activist type. You know, I've mentioned this in past shows I get too emotional with it and, and and it clouds my judgment or logic or my thought process. So I have to step back and process things before I can really dive into it. But something interesting did come out of that situation that I felt like was something that was worth talking about. So after everything that went down, there was a letter that came from the school president, Joan Gable, And she mentioned how that they will immediately terminate their contracts with the Minnesota police department. That's an interesting twist to me. Um, As I've kind of got some experience and, and all the fraternity brothers that are listening to this, we've got some experience with, um, with police, not fully in a negative way, but making a mistake due to just lapse of judgment, I guess you could say. And I'm not saying that the student that, that the, that the president is having lapse of judgment more. So her, the, the reason why she's taking these steps is they received a letter from the student body president, Jill, uh, Karandi, who is the first African-American student body president there at that school. And she made, she made mention she got signatures on the petition or whatnot that they need to terminate all ties with that. And now we got to think about it too, is that the university of Minnesota sits like at the edge of the, of the, the, the twin cities. So St. Paul, if I'm correct, is right next door. And then of course you've got the County sheriffs or whatnot, but St. Paul's right there. Like they're at the borderline, but they use Minnesota PD for a lot of their big events. And that's where they're going to pull back. They're going to use it for big events. They're going to call on them for any incidents on campus. They're not really going to leverage them as much. And I say that this is something to, that they should be careful with because it's a couple of folks. First off story from us. Uh, we threw a party. I remember in college, we threw a party in, in Edmond, which is a suburb of Oklahoma city. Um, went to college university, of central Oklahoma. So it's right there. We threw it. If I'm correct, it was at the Edmund Armory is where we threw this party. Uh, either there or the YMCA. It was one of the two. I can't remember which one at the, uh, off the top of my head. But we threw this party. On point. It was close to a neighborhood. Um, but, you know, we were, you know, doing the young fraternity college thing. Throwing a nice little shindig, loud music, lots of people, etc. And one of our guys had contracted or, or hired some security for our party and they weren't Edmund police officers. They were officers actually from the next town over in Oklahoma city because we had a connection. So we threw this party. We had these police Oklahoma city police officers there. And then of course it's close to the neighborhood. So they, so people were calling complaining about noise. Then the Edmund police rolled up. My understanding, they were pissed. It's like, Oh, so you're going to get cops from the other city and not utilize us. So you don't think that we're good enough to 
come be uh, security at your party. Okay. We got you. We're going to just shut it down. And they shut down our party. My point behind all of this is that police and typically the unions, they're, they're known for kind of holding some grudges. And ever since then, we didn't throw another party in Edmond. It, um, we, we made that mistake. That was something that we shouldn't have done. And so with this situation, I saw that even after this came out, the fraternal order of police, the national at the national level, um, condemned the situation as well. So the student, so the, so the, the student body president, as well as the school president may not have any real issues, but police stick together. And that's, and that's something you gotta be careful with because there's going to be times where you're going to need to leverage them. And I don't want you to put yourself in compromised situations. You know what I'm saying? Uh, not saying that they're vindictive, but at the same time, people are people and people do hold grudges. You never know how that can be taken. But my, from my experience, I, I appreciate the gesture. It's good for PR, but it should have probably been thought out better. If you really want to go that direction, your best bets probably is to phase them out quietly than to publicly throw it out there that you're going to cut all ties. Because as we see right now, Minnesota's kind of defending their own and you don't want to be caught in those, in the crossfires. Okay. So let's get back on the sports tip, right? So Damian Lillard came out recently and uh, was, they were talking about how the, the league's trying to work its way back, how uh, the NBA is trying to make its return. And I mentioned this. I actually have a video going up uh, this weekend um, as I'm doing my editing on uh, the NBA's idea and some things that I feel like they should do to help with uh, bringing more fan engagement in while we're transitioning into a new world. And he decided to state that he did not want to participate or play in any meaningless games. Let me give you his direct quote. Trailblazers star Damian Lillard says he won't compete in a restarted NBA season if Portland does not have a legitimate shot to make the playoffs. If we come back and they and they're just like we're adding a few games to finish the regular season and they're throwing us out there for meaningless games and we don't have a true opportunity to get into the playoffs. I'm going to be with my team because I'm a part of the team, but I'm not going to participate, be participating. I'm telling you that right now. So the unfortunate piece for Damian Lillard is, is that all of us are now pocket watching. We're pocket watching them, hockey, baseball, etc. because right now the money is kind of funny for all the leagues because all of them have TV contracts where they have to hit a certain amount of games. And the NBA is at that threshold, if I'm correct, for a lot of the regional ones where most of them are around the 70 game range. Most of these teams have only played like 67. So a lot of these teams need to play between three and five games to make sure they hit their threshold for the local contracts. Dame is making, it's kind of hurting the money right now. He's making the money a little bit more funny than he should. These owners want their bread. And the players want theirs too. But in order for both sides to get paid, he kind of not can't say things like this. You see what I'm saying? So it's kind of problematic. And I'm going to explain why I feel like it's a little bit on the problematic side that he said this, but I also understand what he means. All right, so 
the NBA is looking at that bubble in Orlando, which I appreciate. I like the idea, and there's a lot of creative things they can do with it. With Dame saying that he doesn't want to play if they're, they don't have a chance, Dame, I get that you guys are roughly, what, three and a half games behind Memphis for the final, for the eighth spot in the West. And I also get that uh, Yusuf Nurkic and uh, Zach Collins are about to come back from injury. So you technically get to be more full strength. Um, You guys probably should have just been playing better this season and got to the playoffs from the beginning. Like after you hit your big shot to knock out the thunder and the world, you know, exploded and said that you destroyed the, you blew up the franchise. Oklahoma city is the fifth seat. You guys are the ninth seat and you're tied with the Pelicans and the Kings in a three way tie for the ninth spot and three and a half games away from Memphis for the eighth. What are we doing here? Like, what are we doing here? to get you all into the playoffs. Why weren't you all in the playoffs from the beginning? Like you had 67 games, 66 games. It looks like to get yourselves there and you didn't make it on your own. I get that you need that. You deserve the opportunity and they should have some playing games for those that actually have an, a chance to get in there. But at the same time, if you want to get paid that max contract that you have, you can't expect them to pay you and you not play in some meaningless games. Because to be honest, these last 15 games were probably going to be meaningless for you anyway. Since, yes, you may have a fighting chance to get into the playoffs, but I didn't see you guys making it at all. That's just my personal opinion. But the way to look at this a little differently, and I guess in defense of Dame and why he's 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 battling this is, there's a big risk for them to go out and play these games. I mean, everybody wants to talk about the situation with the pandemic and everything and how, you know, their athletes, they should be able to be able to fight past whatever this is. The issue is, is there is potential long-term side effects from catching this and, you know, especially being an athlete, you know, this is a situation that actually attacks the lungs, something that all athletes need in order to, be at their tip top shape and performance. Now we don't know how it affects anybody long-term because we haven't seen anything long-term, but we do know people that have recovered and there have been some people that have dealt with some actual issues because of it. So he's right in the fact that if he's going to play, it needs to be for a purpose it's just the problem is he wasn't the right messenger for that message, especially being the fact that they're not too far from the playoffs, but we had high expectations for them, even with Yusuf Nurkic out. You know what I mean? Like we, we expected Portland to be a top tier team. They added Carmelo Anthony to add a spark of offense, but for some reason they cannot score. They're not, they're not, are not very good right now. And so there's not very much sympathy that he's going to get from the fans out there, especially those that don't like Portland 
I mean, I'm not one of them. I actually enjoy Portland. I enjoy uh, Lillard as well as CJ McCollum. So I have no beef with either one of them. I also understand that a lot of people got beef with him, especially the cockiness that he has when, especially after the Thunder series, a lot of people were really like either really high on him or they were really low on him. And for me, I, like I said, I had no beef with it. I mean, it was a great shot. It was a, it was a bad shot that went in beautifully and he'd been taking them all game. So it's not our series. So it's not like this was just the first time he just chunked it in the air. and was luck. Nah, there, there, there was a lot of skill involved in that. He shouldn't have been the one to tell us that he doesn't want to play in meaningless games though. Y'all still got to get that money. There's a fight between you guys and on which to be honest, is funny is the NBA doesn't have the, the money battle with ownership like the other leagues do right now. And it seems like it's probably because they, I guess you could say have a stronger players association, but at the same time, their owners also are a lot. They don't have a lot of the, the, the big billionaire owners like baseball and um, football does. A lot of them, this is their money. Not a whole bunch of them are making a whole bunch outside of it. It seems like, but they don't have those same issues. I guess they have a better dialogue with, cause they have a better dialogue with their commissioner as long as well as with the NBA, uh, NBPA, they have their dialogue is better. They're able to hash things out and come to a better conclusion. Now, the question we have to wrap all of this up is how exactly are they going to get this league started back up? Now the, the silver of course has his plans and they have their ideas, you still got to get 30 dudes to agree to it. And women. There are a couple of women uh, co-owners and main owners like Gail down in uh, New Orleans. But you got to get them all to agree to something. And they're all alphas. So it's not easy for them to just step back and say, oh, yeah, you know, we'll do whatever's best. Now, they're still trying to figure out ways to get the league going and make that bread. Because this for them is not only entertainment, it's bread. And... The other issue you run into is now the fans are really, really pocket watching these players. Like you got money. You should go out here and do this for the love of the game. When none of us go to work for the love of the job just to go do it. And I feel bad in a way for the players because they really are. There's a chance that a great, one of the great players out there could get sick, be put on a ventilator and their career is over. What do we do at that point? All it takes is one for their completely career to be ended because it's most likely going to happen. They got to sign a waiver to go ahead and participate. They sign a waiver. Oh boy. People are going to be pissed if somebody gets sick. And of course the player is going to defend them. The PA is going to figure out what they can do. But at the same time, I don't doubt that the owners are going to require these players to sign these waivers to protect themselves and well, may say protect themselves because who wants to pay a guy that's not going to be able to play anymore? Or didn't take out insurance policies on everybody just in case. All right. So baseball. I don't talk baseball very often because I'm not. I explained a while back, and for those new tuning in, 
I lost my, I guess, love and luster for baseball back in 03 when the Moneyball era kicked in. And how everybody was basically narrowed down to just a number that they can provide on base percentage, batting average, etc. All the stuff that was leveraged within um, Moneyball, and I just I didn't get into it. I, I I I was I was hoping for more star power, focused, and just working it out. But the Athletics found a way to do it cheaply and compete, and everyone else tried to do the same thing. And I, I hate it when every league is a copycat league. Everyone tries to copy what the next guy did and to be successful in hopes of them being successful too. And so I can get back into it. So now baseball's got a very peculiar situation. They should have started two months ago. Yeah, they should have started in April. Um, and as we're here hit, about to hit June, roughly two months ago, they should have started. And they're not going to start yet because they're in a battle right now over money and I feel bad more so for the players because they literally have to deal with the owners trying to find ways to cut back as much as possible even though baseball owners some of the richest owners out there in sports baseball is a cash cow especially because it's regionalized and so a lot of their money comes regionally and Make, I remember. I remember the Houston Astros were doing all their tanking. It was reported they were taking home like thirty million a year in just profits, after expenses, everything's paid. They were bringing in a lot of money, and so their battle right now is who's going to get all this money. So, minor, the ba- what majors have done today, um, Thursday, they hundreds of minor league baseball players were cut. And they're expecting more to lose their jobs as the sport grapples with the near uncertain, the near certainty that the minor league season will be canceled. That's going to be huge. So they're going to cut that. Um, and to me, I get that portion of it because minor league sports doesn't really make a lot of money. I mean, the local ownership does make a little bit of bread and some of the baseball teams do make a little money, but they don't make a lot. You know what I'm saying? Like it's not a, it's not, that's not the cash cow. It's the majors, but I get that portion of it because it's an expense that they're never going to be able to leverage. Now with that, this makes me think about how fans will defend ownership in a heartbeat because they only have alliances to the organization in some parts. Then they do the actual workers there. And I feel like it's because a lot of fans are like your standard blue collar workers. Um, That's who that, who the sports have always resonated to, especially like um, football. um, And actually, honestly, in basketball too, that's what fans really are. I guess you could say they res they they align with more because these employees are employees that make a lot of money because they have a special skill set. And fans feel like they're overpaid even though these players are the reason why this money's being generated. It's cool that the business exists to give provide the job, but don't get it twisted. Without the players, the, the business doesn't exist. I mean, the only way the NBA was able to expand itself was by actually focusing on their players, and that's where their boom came from. 
football, maybe not that it was more so the shield, but still, you need the great players in order to get fans on board, a reason to cheer for the teams. If you don't have memorable people, that's why we have Hall of Fames and things of that nature is because players are the foundation of these teams. They're the reason why we watch. But it always baffles me when fans get mad at players for wanting to get paid to do a job. You do your job because you get a check. I don't know none of y'all going to work for free unless you're volunteering somewhere full time. You still got to go to a job to bring in money. Like it's cool to volunteer. I mean, I get that everybody's complaint is it's a game that I play for free because I want to. I play video games for free too. Well, actually I don't. I pay for video games and you pay to play these sports because it's entertainment for you. But that's, they play it because it gives them a check. They ain't going to be out there just playing for free on national TV, helping other people make money. You're not helping people make money going out there playing at the local park at all. Ain't nobody making money off of you. Actually, the city's losing money because of the resources you're using. But that's another story for another day. But what makes me laugh with this is fans flipping out about the agent for baseball players. One of one of one baseball agents, Scott Boris, and he recommended his clients refuse Major League Baseball's attempt to cut salaries during negotiations with the players' union, claiming team financial issues caused by the coronavirus pandemic have their origin in management, in management debt financing. Now, he's right. Why are these teams in debt or having financial issues? Mismanagement, poor management. We tell poor people all the time that they need to have at least three to six months worth of expenses saved up for an emergency. But we don't say that to businesses. Baseball teams are small businesses. They have roughly two, 200 or less employees most of the time. And that can include players depending on the sport. This is the perfect, this is, this. he's right. Perfect example of mismanagement of money. No different than the college, uh, in college sports, as we talk about college football. If college football doesn't come back, a lot of schools will have to shut down their programs. And heck, some schools might have to shut down, period. Makes sense. If you take all your money and you invest it, invest it only into real estate facilities and all of that stuff and landscaping to make your, your facilities look more desirable to attract more kids there. And you just mismanage your money and are prepared to still cover all of that stuff. Yeah. They basically are writing checks today and leveraging future funds that they hope are going to come to cover it. That's just bad debt management. We say this all the time. If you're in debt, credit cards and stuff, don't buy stuff you can't afford. Make sure you have at least most of the money prepared to be able to pay that credit card off. We say that to everyone every day, but we don't say this to sports ownerships and all that. And all these owners, they're billionaires who have their teams in LLCs to where if you have to go bankrupt, it ain't going to touch any of their finances or any of this, their stuff. That's That's what they do. And so the players should not have to continue to bend more and more for the owners. They shouldn't. The owners have to do their part. And the owner's part is having the finances to cover this stuff. If you can't afford it, you probably shouldn't be an owner. 
And yes, this is coming from a broke person myself. But I understand how money works. I understand how debt and financing works. Why are the owners, because this is the thing, the owners and the players had already agreed to a pay cut based upon how many games you're going to see about playing. They're looking at trying to do half the season. And I'm with the players saying, you know what? We can do the cuts with you guys, do the concessions and still do the split, you know, and go from there. But now the owners are trying to get a cap. And the players know if they give them this cap, because out of all the players association, the baseball players, MLBPA is the best because they ain't got no caps. They may have the um, luxury taxes. They ain't got no cap. The players know if they give in this inch just for this moment, the owner's going to take a mile when it comes to the next one. And they're going to say, you got to have a cap. Let's have a cap before. It worked. We need to do it. Players like, nope. We want y'all to spend money. Y'all got money. We want you to spend it. And I agree with them. It's fair. They are the ones bringing in the revenue. They have the star power. And yes, your top players are being paid, but you still need to have a full roster. So the owners, got they got the bread. They got the money. And to me, if you don't, probably should do better about managing your finances. So from there, the the baseball had a great chance of being relevant. Owners had an opportunity of making baseball the thing. And honestly, they probably could have made double the money. Their viewership would have went up. I mean, heck, the match had like 5 million viewers, which is like the largest baseball, largest golf event in history. In viewership. Baseball can do the same thing because we ain't got nothing else to do besides watch baseball. People would do it. People would turn on a baseball game, sit through it, drink a beer, eat some nachos, whatever, and watch baseball games. Why? Because we want something to do. We want some live action. We want some competition to keep us busy. Baseball's always been our getaway. And this was their opportunity to keep that going. But instead, the owners want to bicker about money. They want to fight the players over how much they're paying. They want to fight them on how much they they should have to. Like, some of the, the March agreement, they were looking at 82 games. And let me see. They want to cut everything all the way down. And it makes me laugh about this because this 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 agent made mention of all of this, of what's going on. And some fans on the Twitterverse were going in saying, well, no one likes that guy because he's a terrible person. He's the reason why my team is sucked. Why? Because he got the players money. Like, isn't the American dream being overpaid for a job that you do today? Aren't all of us out there trying to find ways to get paid more money at our current jobs? How is it the agent's fault that your team sucks because he was able to negotiate with ownership to get his players paid? Wait, isn't that the agent's job? Is to get his players as much money as possible? And people are complaining that, oh, he got sets of field of too much money. Or he got whoever too much money. 
And because of that, my team couldn't figure out the cap and do do good. And they, they sucked because of it. Maybe your team just sucks at managing the salary cap and sucks at finding talent. Or just sucks in general. I can't blame the agent for doing his job. Don't all of you wish you had an agent who can negotiate for you and get you paid more than what you could probably be worth? I put it to you like this. You're worth what someone is willing to pay you. And that's it. And in this situation, agent's right. He's doing it right. So baseball, I really hope you all will take in consideration that right now is your time to strike. If you can get going before basketball, if you can get going in June, for the NBA does, which they're looking at July, you'll have a month of all the ratings. Because I promise you, the games that you would normally do only regionally, you can do them nationally and people will be tuning in. Strike while the iron's hot. Owners, stop being greedy. Continue the similar split. Get these players their 82 games. Come to an agreement and make it happen. Because this is your time to shine. And if you don't want to take advantage of it, then you'll continue to be, unfortunately, irrelevant. All right, man, got a lot off my chest on that. But I appreciate y'all joining me as usual here on the Half a Bird Sports Show. Make sure you check us out wherever podcasts are downloaded and listened to. You can also rate us and review us and give us five stars. You don't think we deserve the five stars? Give us five anyway. Gifted. So for Mike, Bob, and Wendy in the background, thank you so much for sticking with us through this hard all this time. And for my co-host Jimmy, we should have one more show coming up next week uh, and, a, and a final solo from Jimmy, most likely. Then we're gonna start the rebrand. You'll see a new name, some new pictures, some new stuff to where we can uh, bring you guys that uh, super hot fire content. All right, we'll chop it up in a couple of days. Peace. Mobile phone companies say they offer home internet. But if their internet comes from a cell phone network, you should know. It's just phone internet, not home internet. Keep your home up to speed with Cox. Cox internet is faster and has more reliable download speeds than 5G home internet. Cox is the real home internet you're looking for. Based on Cox analysis of UCLA speed test intelligence data, Q3 2022 and Cox serviceable areas, visit cox.com internet for details.